You've found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise, we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hello, everybody. It is Friday again. Thank you for joining us. We always love having you guys with us on the podcast. We are talking about our next road trip because we are about to head south to Radwood. Can't believe and it. In celebration, there are shirts on Blipshift that celebrate Radwood. But we're just excited to do our second road trip. The first road trip, just so you know, the first road trip, the big West Coast piece as one piece is coming to YouTube next Thursday. If you've already seen it, you say, oh, I've seen that one. No, you haven't. Not like this. It's all combined. Plus, it has a tag on it with what happened after the trip or to finish up the trip. <laughs> it's a really cool piece. I can't wait for you to see it. Real quick, okay. the Radwood shirts are available 10 days after this podcast recording. So if you're interested, grab one of those shirts. We've got the Twin Turbo, Nissan 300ZX, and the 928 Bond to the Future shirts. It's, it's very fun. It really is. Big thanks to our TV sponsors, Covercraft.com. Use the code EVERYDAY22 for a 10% discount and free shipping. And also griotsgarage.com. You've heard us talk about griots. You can use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids yep. and 10% off everything else. Haggerty, Drivers Club, DriveShare, MotorsportReg.com, and Garage and Social. Mm-hmm. And also, we're thrilled to be partnered with CarParts.com. Yeah. If you haven't seen our landing page, go to CarParts.com slash Everyday driver, mm-hmm. and there's a photo of us. Look, there right we there. are. It's it's like we're legit or something. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. We're we're a part of the Car Parts family. We're glad to have them with us. They've been really helpful on this latest TV season. You'll obviously hear them on the podcast going forward. But guys, all of our sponsors are the key thing to being able to do TV. And yes. while we're talking TV, real quickly, tomorrow Saturday on the Motor Trend Cable Channel is the restart of season ten. Yes, Starts with episode indeed. one, which is a good place to start, which is the inspiration episode. You drive the car that inspired you, and so do I, and I, we, then we drive our current cars of the past. So all of that is happening, and of course, they're also on Amazon Prime as well. Good news, everyone. The canoe pickup truck has won an award. <laughs> You're kidding. You of all people would find that, wouldn't you? <laughs> do you just have a ca- canoe alert set up so you I have do. something to rant about? I set up notifications for you canoe. You did, didn't you? The 2022 German Design Awards jury has bestowed the prize for excellent product design in passenger vehicles. Were they blindfolded when this happened? <laughs> Thank you. Maybe. Is this throw a darts? What did happen? Seriously? Here's the statement from the jury. Okay. The electric and sustainably produced pickup truck combines minimalistic design language with maximum functionality, versatility, and flexibility, thus completely dissolving the boundaries between commercial vehicle and passenger car. That's a good thing. Commercial vehicles don't do quintuple duty as the sports car, work truck, date night, car, family trip, autocross, track driving, canyon runs, dress up and go to dinner vehicle. No, 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 no. Well, but I, there should be a brick wall there should be. between commercial vehicle yes. and your passenger car. That's craziness because I, don't I agree. want the boundary dissolved. Uh-huh. I want it built back up. I want it to be impenetrable. <laughs> do not make the dissolving the boundaries. When a vehicle makes the Cybertruck look like Margot Robbie in The Wolf of Wall Street, you know mistakes were made. (laughs) Paul is on Rant Central right now, by the way. Notably, the jury did not present the award for stupidest name of a company not called Stellantis to the Canusians, Canuists? No, Canuists. (laughs) Stop right there. Canuists. I work for Canoe. I am a Canuist. (laughs) End scene. And all they do is call it a pickup truck. And by the way, 
canoe. Maserati is way ahead of you guys because anything in Italian sounds so much better. It's just, you remember Jamie Lee Curtis in A Fish Called Wanda? Uh-huh. Whenever Kevin Klein would speak to her in Italian, she, yes. her eyes rolled back and she just yes. grabbed onto things. And then, and then John Cleese started speaking to her in it, French in and Russian, Russian and all yes. kinds of things. Yes, for sure. Same kind of thing. Automoblox toy cars look way, way better than this they stupid do. thing. Auto, Autoblocks are awesome. Yes. With all acknowledgement to Patrick Colello, he's the designer who conceived Automoblox. Yeah. They look better. The toy cars they look, look better than the stupid canoe. <laughs> You're a canoeist. Does it come with an oil? A canoeist. A, a, no. No, no, no. There should be no dissolve the boundaries. It's all one. Come on. I, I have to say that that assessment from the jury is bizarre because why would making a commercial and personal vehicle the same thing be a positive? It's agreed. It's spun yeah. to be like, oh, oh yeah. we're dissolving the boundaries Somebody, between. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. Let's build the boundaries. Let's make the boundary tall and thick and wide <laughs> like a dam. It's it, the great wall of boundary. Yes, you know, please. I, I'm having this thought. You know, Ford has had a lot of trouble with getting the Bronco to people as fast as they want to get it out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, many of you in the audience, are waiting deservedly, impatiently for where is my Bronco. And as a result, Ford has been sending out little trinkets to keep you hanging in there. There was, there was a map. There was, literally. Literally, there was literally a flag to put your flag in the ground. There was absolutely a hammock that said hang in there on it. Hang in there, everyone. When the canoe... Gets behind schedule. Are they going to ship out paddles? They should ship out a paddle. They're going to just. You're going to get a paddle. I want it hand in carved. There. Hang in there. I want mine out of walnut. The paddle you will have will have better wait. materials than the actual interior of the vehicle. Here's your canoe paddle. Hang in there. Going to use it to spread jam on my toast. <laughs> we now have an auto parts partnership with CarParts.com. CarParts.com is the smarter way to shop for auto parts. Their fast, mobile-friendly experience makes it easy to shop for the parts you need when you need them. Just enter the year, make, and model of your vehicle. Start shopping and start saving. It's that simple. CarParts.com stocks their own inventory, cutting out the middleman and passing the savings on to you. And they're offering even more savings for our audience. Whether you've been in a collision, working on your project car, or need to catch up on maintenance, visit CarParts.com slash EverydayDriver for 10% off of $100 or more on select brands. Get the right parts right now at carparts.com. In spite of all of that, we do have two really good car debates coming up. We've got Mike writing to us from Colorado, and we also have Jeremy writing to us from New York. And of course, as always, many great questions from you guys, so we should dive right in. Mike M. in Falcon, Colorado is shooting the moon. Okay. He's a longtime listener, first-time writer. Mike, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. He's trying to figure out which direction he should go with his cars. He's 35 years old, married with a toddler and another kiddo on the way. Wow, busy. All right. Yeah, congratulations on your grown family. He has a 40-mile round-trip commute on beautiful side roads. Okay. His current garage, which he sent photos of, uh-huh. has three different six-cylinder configurations. This, this took thought. I can tell that thought went into this, for, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. His minister of finance has an atlas. They're leaving that alone. Okay. Okay, so he calls that the VR. It's the VR6, all right? Mm -hmm. He dailies a 2013 BMW X135i in line six. Okay. And the weekend car is a year 2000 Porsche 986 S Boxster, flat six. Do you have something about uh, six-cylinder engines on the wall of your garage? Is there some sort of like... (laughs) Quip, quip on the garage about this is this is how awesome our sixes are. There's got to be something there. <laughs> has, I, I, you didn't send a picture of the garage, but I suspect there's some sort of six-cylinder engine quip yeah, posted somewhere. Yeah, anyway, somewhere. onward. Maybe it's a Christmas card every year. 
Happy holidays from the six cylinder family. We, we went and bought a, a bunch of sixes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We bought a six pack. Yeah. Yet, yet again, here's mm. us with all of our six packs. I can keep going, but we we'll really should, on the I should stop. Yeah. Well, he's looking to see if replacing this daily or fun car or both is his best option. Okay. Because the now, Atlas is staying. So the Atlas is staying. Either of his cars exactly. are on the table, which is interesting. Okay. So the X1 is lightly modded. It's ultimately a 10-year-old turbocharged BMW with 110,000 miles and no warranty. Brace yourself. He asks us to draw our own conclusions on yes. that one. Hang on. That's the thing. And the Boxster he's only had for about eight months. He got a deal, which made him feel like he stole it. Okay. 120,000 miles, a few quirks here and there, but it's a solid driver, he says. Okay. Who wants a Boxster? It's a year 2000 986S. <laughs> mm, you're, you're, you're leading. You're, you're, you're 120,000 miles. where this is going, yeah. His previous fun cars included a 400 wheel horsepower VR6 Turbo Mark uh, 4. Mark 4 GTI. GTI. Wow. The 400 horsepower. Wow. Okay. All right. He's also had an E36 M3. Now, he's had this X1 for six years, and he feels like he's ready for something else. I think you are. Yes. With one kid on, in booster and soon another in a baby seat, the rear seat room would be important in a potential replacement. The current car is a bit tight, he says. Okay. All right. True family hauler size is not necessary. He acknowledges the Atlas for that. For sure. And he's gotten used to the quickness of the X1. He really wouldn't want to give that much up for a daily, but he's got to have a hatch maybe just to carry the kid stuff, the mm-hmm. vast volumes of plastics. Yes. The, apparently. The... the Rear-facing child seat is only the beginning. You do have the stroller with missiles and other things, yeah. So the Boxster, he says, is fun. He's six foot three, all legs, and he says it's a bit tight, not real comfortable for more than an hour behind the wheel. Interesting, okay. He'd like to get back into autocross and HPDE days. He okay. hasn't done that in about a decade. And the Minister of Finance, MOF, has not really been a fan of the car because she feels like it's too cramped. Interesting, all right. He also lives at 7,300 feet. That's actually higher than uh, where we are it's in higher Park than City. us, yeah, that's impressive. <clears throat> He says, the naturally aspirated car has some trouble breathing in Colorado. So here's his thoughts. Does he look at replacing the daily with something better suited for the job while at the same time learning to live with a Boxster? Mm, He's looked at cars like the Audi SQ5 and the GLC 43 AMG Mercedes. He does have solar on his house. So an EV along the lines of a Mach-E or the Ioniq 5 Mm -hmm. or the Volkswagen ID4, he says, would have an operating cost of almost zero. Interesting. All right. Okay. But after the current ownership experience, he doesn't think he wants to go with BMW again. He's, you've been there a while. It's probably time to move on. Yeah, yeah, about six years. I mean, just the fact that you have written this email means, mm-hmm. I'm ready. That's yep. the BMW is going. Sign. It's pointed out of the garage right now. Yep. <laughs> does he let the Boxster go, maintain the X1 until it falls apart, which is probably next year? And does he look into it? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. There is a stopwatch <laughs> ticking above that car <laughs> for sure. Yes. Who wants a BMW X1? And he do, does he look into a new weekend car? He's got the itch for a manual American V8 Hmm. as he's never owned one. Okay. All right. He says Mustang, C6 Corvette, or maybe an early C7 is very tempting. Is a totally new two-car garage the better way to go? Or does he sell both, consolidate, and shoot for the moon with something like a Mach-E GT? Hmm. Okay. He gives us the example here. He says, for simplicity's sake, let's say he can sell the current cars for 10 grand each. Okay. At that point, he would be more than comfortable financing up to $50,000, and the MOF would more likely allow maxing out the budget for a daily than a weekend car. I could see I that. I could see that for sure, yeah. Although I think that Boxster's got to be worth like fifteen at this point. I, I, right now, unless it's in terrible shape, it's got to be worth at least that. I agree with that, yeah. And we can, I but, mean, but 10, Mike, for we sure. can get that ten, sold. Ten is, 10 is safe, because we, you know, we had Boxsters featured in our $8,000 or less situation, and they're still out there for that. You don't say anything about the condition of your car, so... 
10 is 10 is safe for sure. I'm waffling on this one, Mike. I've got options for okay, you to good. consider, but I'm waffling back and forth. Because throughout the email, the problem is that if you get rid of both, you'll tell yourself you'll get another fun car sometime down the road, and mm. then two decades will scream right by, yeah. and you'll remember fun driving <laughs> because of family obligations. Yeah, for sure. That, that happens here. We get those emails a lot. We really do. But on the other hand, I'm thinking about focusing on you selling both the X1 and the Boxster. Mm. Start with the commuter. But then you've got to follow up with that fun car mm. because according to your photo, you've got the space in the garage to do it. You've got plenty of space. It's actually kind of looks like a four car garage. Mm -hmm. But do you want another SUV in the garage? Mm. You've got the Atlas. Great. But do you want two SUVs even though one of them is electric? Do you really want two SUVs? Mm, okay. Do you need two SUVs? Because if you acknowledge the Atlas as this is going to be the hauler, even though kids seat in the back of the commuter will work yeah, fine. Yeah. I think you're going to get bored of an electric SUV kind of fast. Mm. I just have that sense. Certainly, if out you have you. no dedicated fun car in the garage, I could certainly see that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My manual options for you include the 2022 Honda Civic Si. That's that could be a lot very of very good. Very great very back good. seat. The Hyundai Veloster N, mm -hmm. or my new special favorite, my new friend, the 2022 Mini Cooper JCW. <laughs> you like that car, and it and it deserves it. It's expensive, but it deserves it. It is. But again, we've gotten rid of both cars. You've mm -hmm. got up to $50,000. We're not spending that much on the commuter. Mm. Now, it's got back seats, but they're kind of hard to access. But you wouldn't have the kids back there all the time because of the Atlas. But you know what? That car would be very fun in the daily and also fun to, to chuck around just for the heck of it. And tall people fit in it. Yes. That's tall the other fit. thing about You're the right. Mini that's yeah. very surprising. And the Civic Si, I hate to keep beating this horse, but the Civic Si has more space than the bigger car, the, the Acura TLX. It has a lot of space. Yeah. Shoot. If we're talking about Civic Si, the Integra launches this year. Mm -hmm. It's a different flavor. But it's going to be a hatchback. That's the be key hatch, thing. It'll yeah. be the, that'll be the hatch that the Si doesn't have. That's an interesting and thought. I wonder if it has all-wheel drive because it's an Acura that. product. Maybe. I mean, that's Acura's yeah, thing. Yeah, you're right. Their super handling all-wheel drive is awesome. That would be, I, I, we'll see. Shoot. What about a Nissan Z? But the, see, then you give up the backseat space. Mm -hmm. Those are all manual options. Mm -hmm. But as far as the automatic options, Mazda 3 Turbo, I love that car. That's a great one. I think you'd have a great time with it. Mm -hmm. And because it is automatic, I think it would kind of force you to go get a manual fun car. Maybe in a weird way. Maybe, yeah. I love the car. Mm -hmm. Great to drive. It's the commuter automatic, but you'd still crave it enough. And by buying an automatic deliberately, mm. it would make you go buy the fun car. It wouldn't, you're, you're not trying to I do see. it all. Yeah. I see. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I had the, what else? The Genesis G70. I love the sedan. It might be a little big for what you're looking for, but I think it's great. And then I also thought of the GR Supra. It's an automatic, but that mm -hmm. is a car that could do both for you. You could have a great time. Got the Atlas. No kids in that one, but I mean, you could, but you know, not, not both of them. But plan for this new third car. You've, whatever you decide, either of these you know, manual or automatic options for you, that GR86, I cannot recommend them more highly. <laughs> they're, they're just so much dang fun with all the power. It. Yeah, okay. But I hear you about American Muscle. And that's really the thrust of your email here. Maybe that comes later. Mm. And so what I'm thinking about now, but you've got to make a promise to yourself, not to us, but to yourself, is to save for that C8 or the C7 oh, interesting. or yeah. something. Yeah, you yeah. know, you've, you've got the Civic Si now or, a, you know, something, the Mazda 3 Turbo. And then now you're just kind of squirreling money away and the kids come and you're, you know, get used to that, see how that situation unfolds. Mm -hmm. 
And then you're saving towards that C8 or something like that, because I would like American muscle for you, Mm -hmm. but I hear you. You're going to want something that is really definitive in that category. Yeah. Not just, yeah. I don't know if a Mustang will. That I, was I'm my struggle here that. too, is sure that the there. Mustang and Camaro, unless you get a very specialized one, but then there's still, and this is not intended as a slight, there's still Mustangs and Camaro. I think you need to be upper into yeah. the Corvette. It's a little more definitive there for sure. I do agree with that. Yeah. And shoot, Mike, I, I've even seen one LT C8s right now for under a hundred grand. Yeah. Saw one for 94. Now it's a one LT. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's not like the thing that you, <laughs> maybe that will work for it's your not, across. It's not a C3. It is a C8. Yeah. It's a C8, mm. but still, okay, maybe the seats aren't as quite as great, but it's not a car you spend as much time in and you mm. can do different track things with it and you can do, you know, the getaway kind of thing. You can do the high speed tracking, whatever. I, that's why I'm kind of waffling for you because I want you to have a great commuter, yeah. but I don't want to yeah. just divide your $50,000 budget up and say, okay, get a, mm-hmm. you know, Miata kind of a recipe like that and then go get a $40,000 something. We could, you certainly could, but I just, I see you wanting something more special in your life down the road, but maybe it's a step-by-step. Maybe it's not both at all at once. Interesting. Okay. Mike, I, I actually am kind of aligning with Paul on this because I think, I think both those cars go, but I don't think they go at the exact same time. The X1 oh. and the Boxster. I think they both, I, I think you need to plan for them both to go. So don't rip the Band-Aid off all the way. Yeah, let, let, but let's, let's the Just X1 halfway. should go out. And the thing that you mentioned here that's interesting is you are talking about the possibility of a full electric. And I really, I really connected with that because okay. you're talking about commuter. True. And I think what's interesting is I, I think you need to plan this two ways. The X1 goes and you figure out your commuter. And then I want you to be strategic with the Boxster because the thing I f- find most interesting about your discussion with the Boxster is the fact that you don't fit well enough. Mm-hmm. That intrigues me. So if that car feels small, that means we have to go bigger for your fun car. Now, I yeah. did think you could yeah. go. I know you don't really want to get another BMW. You could go BMW Z4 because I actually think it has more space than the Boxster. I was very surprised when I owned one. Yeah. You don't really want to go BMW. But the MLF has influence on this decision true. here. And that's older BMW. So yeah. maybe that's out. But what I think you need to do is consider the fact that uh, that Boxster has probably never been worth more than it's worth right now. True. So I'm true. not saying post it this second, but start. But build a plan. Get the commuter solved and then build a plan. And I want you, while, while the Boxster hangs on, after we get your commuter, while the Boxster hangs on, I want you to think about when do I want to sell this? Not if, when do I want to sell this? Yeah. And drive it enough to have a real clear sense of what do I want out of my next fun car? And I'm going to circle back to that, but let's solve the commuter thing first. And your electric thing struck me because I think I did like your uh, your alts, Paul, which the, the ones that connected with me was the Civic Si is excellent and the Veloster N is excellent as yeah. you could do kind of a single car or a commuter. And you're, you always, I love that you bring up the Mini because the Mini would be crazy fun. It'd be a great dead car. I do like all of those. But in the electric world, what about a used Chevy Bolt? Okay. Many of those are out there. Battery replacement has either just happened or is in the process. We know people that have bought them, love them, and have unloaded them because of the battery replacement. We know people that have bought them, love them, have gotten a new battery and continue to drive them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This makes it one of those cars that some people are dumping, but they're going to still want to get rid of them. They're not going to get crushed. So <laughs> what about not. a used Chevy Bolt? Or if that's not interesting enough, you, you said your commute is 40 miles round trip. You know what you could pull off with that? It's a BMW i3. They are cheap. They're, they've remained cheap, they actually, are cheap, throughout all this car so craziness. You can get one of those. You can get enough 
of your commute done in that all-electric car. It does have small but somewhat usable back seats if you need them. It's an all-electric. That could be a perfectly good commuter. The Bolt is much more versatile than the i3, but mm-hmm. maybe you can't pull off the Bolt or don't want it or whatever. So there's the i3 as an alt there. And then I think you start shopping Corvettes. You brought them up. That is the muscle car you want. Yeah. You need to shop either the Grand Sport version of the C6 or possibly, if you really want to balance the scales from your electric car, get the big 7-liter Z06 (laughs) version. That will balance the world there for sure. (laughs) Or possibly the base version with the the uh, Z01 pack. Oh, Z51. Sorry. Thank you. There it is. It's all the Z packages that GM has. You can put them on their trucks. Anyway. That one on a C7 base Corvette would be something you would love. Those may not be down in your budget yet, but they do exist. So that's an option. I think you have to shop Corvette based on your V8 love or interest because I do agree with you, Paul. I don't think that the Mustang and Camaro, as good as they are, are going to be interesting enough. If you were just shopping for back roads, I would actually say get the Camaro because I think it handles better. The Mustang has more flavor, like personality, because it's yes. more raw. Yes. The Camaro handles better. If you're, if you're chasing autocross and track days, the Camaro is the one you want of those two. But I think the, the vet just trumps them all of those. Yeah. So yeah. I would love to see you rocking a Bolt or an i3. Again, I'm back at BMW. But a Bolt or an i3 for your electric, and then go shopping Corvettes. Strategically sell your Boxster for cash <laughs> and go Corvette shopping. I'm wondering if you've got the, the Chevy Bolt and the the C8 Corvette in your garage, what are your sure. license plates to balance the two equations? Like, what what do you have there? Or even C6 or C7. Like, yeah, it, the Bolt like and the Vet. That's good. That's very good. Like, what yeah. is that? You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping, too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars, one search. Speaking of Chevy Bolts, Jeremy C. in Rochester, New York, writes to us, Asking what should they get to replace their 2020 Chevy Bolt? We were just talking about this. That works out very well. I love it when the (laughs) podcast comes together. That's very good. He says another Bolt is an acceptable answer. That's very interesting. Okay. Last year, Jeremy was searching for a three-row SUV to replace their RAV4 hybrid, came across the no minivans piece, and got hooked on the show. Really appreciate it, Jeremy. That's great. Thank you for writing. The first thing he does every Tuesday and Friday is open up Apple Podcasts, looks for the latest episode. Well, that means we got work to do. We do. We've (laughs) got to roll up our sleeves here. Yeah. After doing their drive homework, they quickly decided on the Mazda CX-9. Okay. The Highlander had too much body roll, unusable third row. The Explorer had a cheap interior and horrible 10 speed. And the Telluride, 8,000 over MSRP used. (laughs) They're quite popular. (laughs) They're selling a couple of those. Yeah. They sold the RAV4 hybrid mid-lease with no equity for just under MSRP, walked away with a check for 5500 bucks, turned around and found a leftover 2020 CX-9 for $3,500 off MSRP. What a killer deal. That, in the fall that, of 2021. That worked in your favor. This no madness kidding. worked in your favor. You said you should have bought a lottery ticket. You should have bought everybody lottery tickets. <laughs> exactly. That was your time, man. He says he's got a Covercraft neoprene seat covers for both of them, and he's got Nokian WRG4s, all-weather tires. Oh, that's cool. Love that. Fantastic. Which brings him to the debate. In the spring of 2021, somehow they bought a new Bolt 
for $19,600 plus tax title and registration. You, sir, got a deal. I, I, love, no, I love what he says. He says, homely car, but fantastic to drive. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're, you're right on both counts. It, it's, not, it's not a beauty queen, that car. <laughs> it's not. It works very, very well, but it is not pretty. Well, get this. Thanks to the battery recall and New York's lemon laws, they're taking it back and giving them full MSRP towards a new car of $40,295. You doubled your money. Jeremy, um, I think I need to start running my car financial decisions through you because your timing is impeccable, sir. We're doing it wrong. Jeremy's doing it right. He is making money. And he's not even buying investment cars. He's just like, I'll buy this at a deal. I'll sell it for more. Oh, look, they'll take that back for twice as much. Good job, sir. (laughs) Well, they've got an order in right now for a new 2022 Chevy Bolt, but he can't help but wonder what alternatives is he missing? Okay. All right. Now they've got the option to swap for another GM vehicle like a Silverado, which they could flip and buy something else. You might do that. Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean we're, you, you have proven. I don't know how long the streak can last. You have proven that you are on a roll here. I, you know what you could definitely swap it for is the new upcoming electric Silverado, but it's a lot more expensive than a Bolt. Yeah, true. Yeah. But it sounds like they need something fairly do, soon. For sure, yeah. Well, the MOF loves the Bolt and insists on electric okay. because they pay three cents per kilowatt hour for electricity, hmm. which is about five times less than the national average. So electricity is cheap. Okay, good good to know. Yeah, all right. The MLF hates large touch screen controls. Jeremy doesn't disagree. They've got two young kids as well, and he says the CX-9 is all ready for longer trips. Okay. All-wheel drive is nice to have, not a requirement, but range is a must, and he said the Bolt has eliminated their range anxiety with about a 259-mile range. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. The budget is $45,000. Then he starts taking things off the board. (laughs) He's like, by the way, before we get there, the Volkswagen ID4, terrible reviews. He sends us links to bad reviews. He's like, that one is off the table. The Mach-E, which we really like. Watch our ID4 Mach-E Tesla Model Y piece on either uh, Amazon or possibly on YouTube. He said um, they don't like the giant screen, which is too bad because as giant screens go, Ford did a really good job on the Mach-E. But you can see what what that's going to do because that means that the Tesla is right out. If you don't like the Mach-E screen, which actually has a couple of knobs and buttons, the Tesla no-button world is not for you. So there's that. Then there's the Bolt. Of course, they could go with the new, the EUV, the more SUV, not any more attractive, slightly larger We've got Brother Bolt, of the Bolt EVs and Corolla Crosses uh, and all these. Of course, niche he's asking of about the uh, the uh, Audi uh, Q4 e-tron or maybe something else. They're forgetting. He says we should hit him with it. What what is it? He wants to know. <laughs> Jeremy, appreciate all your thoughts here. I do have many thoughts, and I'm kind of back and forth on this one too, because you didn't tell us your needs mm-hmm. besides telling us road trips are earmarked for the CX9, but you've got two young kids. And I'm asking you, do you have sports or other after-school-related activities? Are there local trips you're doing? I think what I'm trying to really ask you, the question behind the question is, do you have an inordinate amount of dirt in your life? Mm. I'm asking. Yep, I see it. Because the 2022 Hyundai Ioniq 5 Mm -hmm. has minimal screens. There's no more screen real estate than a current Mercedes CLA or a GLA. It, right. it has kind of two side-by-side iPads. Right. And and it actually looks pretty great. But it's about considered. similar. Yeah, it is. Similar. I mean, it, I, I think they're borderline because of their lack of screen love. And mm, quick side note here, Jeremy, and also to your wife, I'm sorry, but the industry is moving away from you. 
And and Paul and I are yeah. in this camp. The, the the industry is moving toward more screens more of the time. Hate this ship is it. sailing, and as people go into electrics, they are they are making an equal sign between electric mm. car means more screens. So here you want an electric car without screens, and I hate to say it, but it doesn't really exist. Not only has the ship sailed, it's yeah. sunk. I mean, I think you can hear Celine Dion singing in the distance. Possibly, yes. Now, this Ionic 5 has a claimed 256 miles range, but... $55,725 isn't in your budget. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's look at that companion vehicle, the Kia EV6, EPA estimated range of 310 miles. So both of those could work, but they're expensive, and we've they been are. hearing things here and there about dealers marking those up even higher. Yeah, that's bad news. Which is why I ask about dirt. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm listening. And I suggest the Ford Maverick Hybrid. Oh, no, that's interesting. I know you've requested electric only, and I know your electricity is cheap. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering that despite the enormous growth of Tesla, I was just looking at the Gigafactory being built in Austin. Mm -hmm. It's freaking enormous, and it's one of five factories on the planet. That's what we hear. Electric cars still have a lot of sorting out to do. Yeah, Evidenced by your Chevy Bolt experience. <laughs> which, is, which is genuinely excellent, but obviously the battery problems are real. Jeremy, if a gas-powered car were to be so faulty that all of these models were recalled, all of those gas-powered cars, it's a gigantic problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just you know take it to your dealer to fix it. Like We're taking it back from you. Now, I'm not talking about Dieselgate. Those VWs worked exceptionally well. They were just dirty. <laughs> they were just dirty. illegal. <laughs> <laughs> but they worked great, and they, they weren't did. a danger to their owners, yeah. like the Bolt potentially was. Theoretically, yes. So what internal combustion engine-powered car is a beta car nowadays? Mm. None. Yeah, you're right. None. You know the public works? would not accept that. It works the same way it has for 100 years. That's how we this works. We don't want to be beta testers on gas-powered cars. Yeah, that's an interesting point. We just seem to have blinders on. If it's an electric, yes. sure, try stuff out on me. If it's a gas car, it's like, why doesn't this work exactly like I expect? Right. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. People are willing to live with crappy door alignment and bad panel alignments on most Teslas just so they can have one. Yeah, but I think it's broader than Tesla. I think you've hit on something. It's that electric thing that people are like, well, that's not what I expected, but I guess I'll be okay with it. We would never because do that it's if we electric. bought a new version of the car you currently own. You would never accept it to be worse. Ever. I'm going to scroll back up on your email. I love you mentioned it. the Volkswagen ID4. Ter- terrible reviews. That car is built so well. It's built very well. It's, it's so it's good. Too, it's too bad it's not better to drive and it's work with. terrible to drive. The interface is horrible. The interface is awful. You will want to push it off a cliff. And it is finely put together. But man, there's <laughs> door panels so nice. The door slam is just this German thunk. It's so great. But that's not why we buy cars. Uh, yeah. And clearly, everybody's throwing out this metric when you're buying an electric car. Mm, interesting. So are you going to go get a Tesla? Is that... Kind of the same. Yeah. For comparison's sake, I found a 2012 Porsche Cayenne Turbo with 77,000 miles Whoa. for $39,900. Yeah, that's tempting. It's at a dealership in Arizona. It's called Plaza Motors AZ. It's one of what, my go-to. What, what year? It's a 2012. So it's 10 mm. years old. Okay, but it, but it's the Turbo? But it's the Cayenne Turbo. Fully loaded, 77,000 miles. That's after they sorted that V8, too. That's a that's a fine. Exactly right. Yeah. So with proper maintenance done, I wager it'll cost less to own for a few years than the initial outlay of cash for a brand new, possibly marked up electric vehicle, and now you're driving a Cayenne Turbo. Look I'm not you. including the tax credit. Sure. This is sure. only for comparison's sake, yeah, and just, I know yeah, you want electric. It out. Yeah. 
and I think you've had electric in your life. So you're, you're already used to the, that kind of electric ownership, whether you have a charger at your house or not, you're used to adjustments in your life to make charging happen. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So that's why I think you can go get something else electric, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to put that out there. So, you know, that that is a choice. If you mm-hmm. go electric, especially with these Hyundai, the Hyundai or the Kia, I like both of them. Mm-hmm. They're both very different for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Even though they're kind of the same car, you could wait for the Genesis the GV60. I think it's is the uh, their electric version coming out. Same kind of platform, but their range is good. It's about what you're getting for the yeah, Volt, for sure. Or, sorry, the Bolt. But mm-hmm. what about the Hyundai and the Kia? And, and I have just them. not even look at mm-hmm. Tesla. Yeah, well, clearly Tesla's out because it's screen only. I have well, exactly. both the Ionic and the EV6 on my list for the same reasons. I, I because think of this, screen, they're, they're like the yeah. minimal. Yeah, I mean, the, you can do. I hate to say it, Jeremy, for, to you and your wife. I hate to say it, but the screen thing is a reality. I mean, let's go back to your Bolt. Mm-hmm. Two big screens in the in the Bolt. Now, not as far as electric cars go, those screens are surprisingly small. Yeah, yeah, but there's two screens. There's the center console screen, and there's the one in front of you, and that is the same thing the Ionic and the EV6 are doing. Both those screens are larger than you're used to in the Bolt, but in the world of we must put screens in everything, they're small-ish. Just thought of one last thought before uh, I want to hear yours, Todd, and that is Polestar and Volvo. Yeah, that's those are good. That just occurred to me because they're those screens aren't good. huge, you're right. but screens are a reality, as you're saying. Anyway, continue. No, that's that's the thing. Is is this this is the way they're all being built, and it's it's leading its way into normal cars, non electric mm-hmm. cars, as evidenced by our recent GTI piece. We had GTI versus Civic Si, and we talked about the interface there, and then we did a test drive that just dropped on the Test Drive Videos channel, where we just had our test drive of the Mark Eight GTI, and it has the exact same screen interface as that Volkswagen ID Four. And guess what? <laughs> it didn't get better. It was bad in the ID4. It's now in the GTI. You've changed your powertrains, and the screen is still difficult to work with. It's horrible. So yeah. uh, that is a problem. So screens may be a foregone conclusion here. I will say this to you, Jeremy, right up front. Yeah, get another Bolt. It worked. You like it? Yeah. It sounds like the only reason you put it, – it's that thing we talk about, about not being done with a car. The only reason you got rid of your current one – is because you were able to work with lemon lemon laws, the lottery essentially, lemon laws, battery <laughs> replacement, and you came exactly. out ahead financially. That's the reason you get rid of it. Other, if none of those things were the case, you'd still be driving that Bolt. And true. And you'd be perfectly happy and not even riding us. That's true. So I do have to say that it feels like a car you're not done with, and I think you could keep your current Bolt and be very happy. However, that's not what we do on this show. <laughs> we recommend other Please things. spend your money. So let me throw these out. The Ionic and the EV6, the thing I find interesting is you can get those, the Bolt's the same way, where... You can get them with the white screen. Can we stop it with the white? Does the future have to be white? No. You can get them with the black screen, and it's much, much better. The ID4 we had was all white. It was like, really? I, I don't even know they want to get in this because everything's all white. was so good. It was thing. very good. It just was terrible to work with, and it was white. So Everything you can, else sucked. You can get the black interior, so that is a possibility there as well, which I actually think that the black surround, the bolt did a white surround. The black surround actually makes the screens look smaller. It helps. So yeah. think about the white surround. is like, I have a screen. It's just yelling at you, so that's <laughs> not good. I have one non-EV, and then I have one hybrid that I thought of. The okay. non-EV is you're looking for some fun. You're looking for might be commuter, doesn't need to be your big family hauler. What about a Mazda 3 Turbo? So good. I thought about it because, of course, obviously not an EV, but all-wheel drive, so that works for your needs. Mm -hmm. Really good interface. But you know what Mazda's doing? Small screens. 
That's true. It seems like a weird anomaly. Like, Mazda, why don't you get Mazda, on board and, and now what's, you should buy it because it's small. What's really weird that Mazda's doing that I promise you, even, uh, even with you and your wife not liking screens, you're still going to get stuck out by this. You're going to get caught by the fact that Mazda has made it so that it's not a touch screen. It's weirdly frustrating it, it, because and weirdly all, soothing. Because we're all so used to it. You do it the first two or three times, then you go, that's right. Mazda's worried about drivers. It's all down on the BMW iDrive-style knob and moving buttons around, and you can do it. Here's the crazy thing. True. You can do it without ever touching the screen, and you can learn how to do it by just flicking the knob around, and it makes sense. Mazda has moved the screen away. They've made it smaller, and it isn't something that responds to your touch. It's <laughs> the craziest thing ever. It's just slightly out of arm's reach. So because yeah. you're not big... Touchscreen people, you don't want that. What about a Mazda 3 Turbo as an all-wheel drive, semi-luxury car that you could also hoon? I'm way out of electrics, I know, but I just thought that mm. really does check a lot of boxes otherwise. Mm, that's interesting. And then my last one for you, that border that, that walks the line, because it's not a full electric, but I think it could solve a lot of your needs, the RAV4 Prime. You got out of a RAV4, but the Prime is the best way they make the RAV4. That's true. It's not all electric. It's close. We've driven every version of the current RAV4, and it's much improved, and we like it. The Prime has had some crazy markups, so be careful. But you could walk the line of a RAV4 Prime. I don't like that as much because it's not going to be as fun to drive. Yeah, Yeah. But it would do a lot of other things. Jeremy, let us know. Write to us with your car conclusion, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Write to us your topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and most of all, your car debates. Love hearing from you guys. Every winter, we find ourselves tracking snow, salt, and grime into our cars. Thankfully, Covercraft has a variety of floor mats to keep you winterproof. Covercraft floor mats and cargo mats are custom-fitted to your exact car and include the original equipment security grommets if applicable. They're the perfect and durable way to protect your car's carpet and add style and comfort to your interior. Plus, you can choose from many color and material options to complement or contrast the interior colors of your car or truck. Covercraft is sure to have what you need. They offer plush carpet, Berber carpet, or even sheepskin, which is warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Whatever mats you choose, remember to use the code EVERYDAY22 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com. Four questions, and thank you guys for responding on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We always post right before we record this podcast asking for your questions. These are these are the quick questions. You, you just want to hear our thoughts on something. These are not for car debates, and thank you guys for always showing up on that. It's awesome. But we'll start on Facebook with Graham, who says he'd love to hear about any plans for road trips as we move out of lockdowns. And he's saying hello from Belfast. Hello back to you. I want to say, if you haven't heard already, <clears throat> we're going to Germany and Belgium. Yeah, we are. We are doing pilgrimage. Yeah. Uh, registration will begin at the beginning of March. You're going to have about a month because the trip is coming up the end of June. It's coming up very quickly. We are really excited. It is absolutely coming together. So why not come join us for pilgrimage, Graham? Paul Cavanaugh on Facebook would appreciate it if we would say a few words about the passing of P.J. O'Rourke, one of the greatest auto writers ever. Yes, we agree. He was an auto writer for Car and Driver for many years and a political satirist. But... The articles that they're republishing now, which is great because they're, they're pulling all these things out. He was yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. He drove a Ferrari 308 GTS across the U.S. from New Jersey to Los Angeles in June 1980. Okay. So it could be in a movie called Don't Eat the Snow in Hawaii, which as far as I can tell was the pilot episode of Magnum P.I. Interesting. Because he's in a 308 GTS blasting across the U.S. The Ferrari headquarters were in New Jersey, yeah, yeah. got in it, 
and it's fantastic. Oh, it's yeah? so That's great cool. to, to read. read that sounds great. Yes, he he is proving he was one of the greatest ever. Mm, that's very cool. Sean Patrick on Instagram, uh, you're going to set this up, Sean, and I'm going to knock it down. I hate to say it this way, but you say, what road was used in our recent YouTube piece? Uh, we just put it on YouTube, the 86 versus Miata. What road is that, Sean? Come to the Utah meetup in, in, in September. Thank you. Because that's one of the roads we do. Just come out. Let's do that road. It'd be great. B. Swensky asks me about a current situation with a container ship as of this recording. Oh, this is ugly. This is ugly. <laughs> a container ship has caught fire in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. It is a car carrier currently carrying a lot of Volkswagen AG products. Like 4,000 cars on that ship. And, right. no, and, and no crew anymore. That's the thing that's interesting. And yes. Look, I'm very glad everybody's safe. Everybody's gotten off, the but crew. The, yes. the, car, the ship started burning with 4,000 cars on it. They left the ship burning and they got off the ship, which means no crew. Burning ship, 4,000 cars, Audis, Volkswagens, and Porsches. We've even heard that our friend Matt Farah is pretty sure, based on what the dealer has told him, that a car that he had on order from Porsche that he has been waiting impatiently for is currently floating in the Atlantic on an on-fire ship. This is an ongoing situation right now. Yes, it is. There is no resolution. Mm -hmm. But the question from Brandon is, ignoring the ecological impact of this tragedy, Uh at what ratio of Taos... Tawai? Taoses? To 9-11s, does this loss become a net positive to society? Oh, I see. Essentially, he asks, is the Taos as bad as the 9-11 is good, or would we need to drown hundreds of them to balance the scales? So if we lose, so what he's saying is if we lose 10 9-11s, but 1,000 Taos, are we equal? Have we balanced the scale? Mm. No, it's, it's got to be a, a wider ratio, Brandon. It's got to be about 10,000 thousand to 10 911s, maybe. Wow. Ten, we'll just say 10 Porsches of any ilk, whatever that is, because, yeah, hashtag drown the Taos. <laughs> you made a hashtag. Yes, I did. Oh, no. <laughs> Somebody use that, please. I can't wait to see that. Mr. McGillicuddy on Twitter says he's currently holding off on purchasing a fun car because he's waiting to see what prices are going to do. Aren't we all, by the way? We're all waiting, and we're hoping <laughs> they're going to settle out some. I think they're going to, to settle. They're not going to re- retri- retreat back to where they were, but I think they're going to settle some. So he says, meanwhile, he's going to just going to rent a lot of fun cars this summer to hold him over. But he's in central Pennsylvania, and he's checked Turo, DriveShare, everywhere. And he doesn't have a lot of options in his area. He's asking what the other suggestions are. And you're not going to like my suggestion, but it is the right one. You need to go somewhere else. You need to take a trip (laughs) to Scottsdale, Arizona, to Las Vegas, to Los Angeles, to somewhere that has decent roads and good weather all the time. See, you could go to Florida, but then where are the good roads? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you got to go somewhere with good roads. And, and most of those places, I will tell you right now, that Vegas and L.A. have an unbelievable source of cars to, that you can rent on any of those True. sites. Because True. they yeah. get tourist traffic like crazy. There are good roads. There's good weather. You need to plan a trip with your significant other. And part of the trip is that driving. Just just make it a trip to one of those places and get on Turo or DriveShare and be like, look what they have now. <laughs> right. Kazi Chav asks if there's such a thing as an engaging big luxury sedan. It was thought they were mutually exclusive, but after watching the recent Genesis G70 piece, it seems like they might not be. Because you said Genesis G70, I know what you mean. But engaging can mean different things to different people. That's True. why the cha- Charger Hellcat still sells so well. Yes, it has a... a- rocket under the hood but 
Yeah. It's not a car you want to take on a twisty road. You will feel the weight instantly. It is quite large. Same thing with the large BMW sedans. You would think that they're amazing because they're BMWs. And in some respects they are, but BMW has weirdly become sort of antithetical to the driving experience because as good as that turn-in, that initial turn-in is, then you'll feel the deadness of the electric power steering rack and some other quirk about the car that will make you instantly not love how it turned in. It's like they cancel each other out. Whereas Mercedes, on the other hand, you take a Mercedes AMG, we'll say the E63. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Yeah, yeah. Not only does it move, not only is it good at straight line power, but the steering is engaging, especially on the AMG cars. Yeah, not so true. much on the, the regular AMG Mercedes models, that, yeah. but the AMG cars are fascinating because you don't expect it. Yeah. You come away thinking, all right, just a big, powerful, luxurious, expensive sedan. Not too engaging. Well, this is what they are. What we discovered with our uh, cheap sedan challenge. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. happened to get... <laughs> I still can't believe you bought a Quattroporte. <laughs> you bought a Quattroporte. Nobody could believe it, least, least of all me. But you know what? That was a sports car in its dynamics, in spite yes. of being a big luxury car and a money pit. But it was a sports car. Why do I buy money pits? You, I don't know. There's a lot of discussion coming on that. Yeah. But then I bought the Phaeton. Man also who, kind of man, a money pit. Man who owns Lotus buys Phaeton. That's True. the headline. True. And I will admit that I enjoyed it for all the things it was, and the Lotus wasn't. Yeah. And dynamic was not in that car's repertoire at all. You did cackle about that. You you loved it just, for weird reasons. I just enjoyed though. it for yeah. its weird luxury. So it's not yeah. typically something that they're, they're good at. But he brings up the the G seventy, which is a different class. That's like a mid level class. Exactly. And those yeah. are small enough now that you can get some of them that are great. But you're actually dialing back luxury from the big boys. It's got like some of the luxury features of the big boys, but it's finding that middle ground by being really really fun to drive. And then has some of those luxury features. But see, now you can put those sports car metrics upon those sedans, like the Alpha Julia Quadrifoglio. We love you that, can, yeah. Yeah, we, we love it so much. You know, it's just, it's an astounding car and it's overlooked. But you can apply the sports car kind of thinking to this mid-level range. Mm-hmm. And if those cars in that range don't have them, it's glaring. It's almost like an sure, error. Sure, yeah, they, they almost have to have that now, whereas yeah. the big sedans, nobody's requiring them to be that agile. That's interesting. I see right. that. Follow-up question from Peter. Are you there? Hello, Peter. He says, are high-performance cars, BMW Ms, the Cadillac Vs, the BMWs, Audi RSs, a waste if you don't track autocross, canyon drive, otherwise drive them very hard? <laughs> Should you just mm. opt for the lesser model instead, which is the class that we're talking about, that mid-level, yeah, yeah. save you money, still great to drive, possibly. Does it frustrate us seeing them used as status symbols? Yes, it does. Or I have a fast car bragging rights. Well, of course, absolutely. But you know what people want is that status projected. Mm-hmm. And almost everybody uses their car as a projection of whatever they're into, whether you realize it or not. Well, but here's it's a product thing as well, because you talk about how cars are just big, expensive products a lot. And I want to bring up this reality. Whatever it is you're currently buying, okay, if you find there's a better one than the version you're about to buy, you consider it. It, You might throw it out for budget. You might throw it out for some other reason. But if you, well, I'm going to buy this one. And you go, wait, 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 wait. It comes better? Well, I want want the better. This is what happens. So while it makes sense to buy the one that you're actually going to use all of, 
we go, but I could afford the better. There's a better one? Well, I could afford that. And we buy the better one. That is what happens. Uh, Alex HCO9 has a question that I have pondered. Okay. It's a great question. He is completely throwing Track Daily Crush on its head and reworking the entire question. Bring you seen it. this? Yeah, bring it. He is going to offer three things. Instead of Track Daily Crush, they are how often. One of them you can only do once in your lifetime. One of them you can do once every year, and the other one you can do once every week. And he's asking what our thoughts are. Okay. The yep. three options are dinner with an F1 driver, <laughs> a track day at spa, mm. and flight lessons in a P-51 Mustang from World War II. I feel like you wrote this question at me, Alex, but I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> let, let me dive in here real quick because I thought about this. Okay, one of them you only get to do once in your life, one you can do once every year, and one you can do every single week. Gave this some real thought, and I have what for me is the definitive answer. Okay. I, I'm wondering if I know, but go. Dinner with an F1 driver. Sounds interesting, but I don't think you go out with these people because they're conversationalists. Though I do right. think Sebastian Vettel would be a laugh because he seems like he's pretty loose, just pretty fun, you know? Okay, yeah. yeah. But a lot of them seem like, I don't know that I want to hang out with you. You're an amazing driver, but I don't think... Hmm. I want to hang out with you. Can, Can you I? imagine dinner with Kimi Raikkonen? No, 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 no. That's going to be lots of quiet. <laughs> lots of quiet. Okay? You're just going to be hearing yourself talk. Some of them are, are more interesting than others. But I think, you know what? I can have dinner with an F1 driver once and mm -hmm. say that I did it. Mm -hmm. It was very cool. And look, it may end up being the greatest dinner ever. But you know what? I'm good. Dinner with an F1 driver once. Okay. Once every year, private track day at Spa. Because there's a lot of racetracks in the world. Yeah, I, so I private track day is gone. Yeah, and then every week I could be in a P fifty one Mustang. Tell me which day of the week that is. <laughs> I will be there. Do I need to bring a helmet? How yeah. what, how do I need to dress? What time are we starting? I will be early. You need coffee? I will bring you coffee. Let's do that every week. I kind of figured. Yeah. yeah, done. Well, Freedom Van writes to us on Twitter with a question about the fifth generation Mustang that came out sixteen years ago. It did. The much-anticipated Bronco came out this year, yes. So how long with this retro-futurism design language will it last? <laughs> Seems like it's time for a new style. Not strictly speaking forward, but you're right. Hasn't there been both? Well, the 911 is guilty of this. Yes. The 911 is not really styled anymore. It's tweaked. There's no styling going on. They're, they put up there the actually last. They is, put up the last but, version, and they go. So what yeah. are we massaging? I, I'm I'm opening that up because the Mustang is guilty of it. So is the Camaro. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, finally the Corvette has broken out of its yes. own mold. You're right. That's a very good point. Whether you like it or you hate it, mm -hmm. it looks different, and it doesn't quote unquote look like a Corvette anymore. But now it kind of does because it's been out long enough where people now associate that with the future of Corvette. And now they can take that and dial it in. For Interesting. sure. Interesting. Okay. But nothing about the C8 in comparison to the Mustang, the Camaro, mm. and the 911 mm. is retro-futuristic. Not That's a, a good point, thing. too. Yeah. They were looking at Ferrari yeah, and McLaren. Certainly. Which is fine. But they're yeah. looking at keeping the sports car around and then whatever future hybrid drivetrain to be stuffed into the tunnel with batteries, and you know it's coming. It's Maybe coming. it's the Zora. It's going to ruin the front motors. end of that car. I'm just putting it out there. It's going to ruin it. I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. But that styling now lends itself to breaking away from the classic shapes, the GT car. It's old news. Whereas the other cars, 
you have to change engine locations like Corvette did to break free. Mm, that's very good. Got Kirk Meyer asking us track rally drift, Jaguar F-Type <laughs> R, Alpha Julia QV, the Quadfolio, and the Tesla Plaid. From what I understand, that steering wheel in the plaid does not lend itself to drifting whatsoever. I don't think it lends itself to driving, frankly. <laughs> You're right. Straight, straight You're line. Right. Here's the thing. If you want to do zero yeah. to 60, that, that yoke is fine. You want to make some corners <laughs> exactly. or even park it, pre- prepare yourself to be confused. So actually, none of these actually suit the Tesla plaid very much. It's <laughs> still about, look how fast I can go in a straight line. Yes. But I will say big track for that. Rally, I am going to... I can't stand either of those cars rallying, but how about the Jag F-Type R on rally? Because I want to drift the Julia constantly. Yeah, for sure. That's why. I see that. Ted Adam Green asks, why doesn't the Macan get nearly as many recommendations as the 718 or the Panamera or the Cayenne? That's a good question. And I would say it's because the Macan is a middle ground car. It's phenomenal. It drives far better than it should. It's Porsche's hatchback. Mm-hmm. But it's quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're a hatchback buyer, you're buying what thirty grand, forty grand, maybe. Yeah, the it's Cayenne, up there. The Cayenne, like you want, is probably twice that. <laughs> so if you're gonna go SUV, which the Macan claims to be, you're just gonna go Cayenne because the yeah. Macan yeah. is not enough of an SUV. It's not big enough to be that. It's it, here's the thing: the Macan doesn't even have as much room in it as the GTI. Shouldn't you, if you're looking for a hatchback, shouldn't you get a GTI? The Macan drives better. No yeah, question. Yeah. It drives better. It's twice as expensive and it doesn't have <laughs> much space. It's, it's a weird middle ground car where I wish the Macan were an actual hatchback instead of masquerading as an SUV. Then I think it'd get recommended more. So if you're, if you're coming to us and we're going to wind up in the Porsche camp recommending a sports car, Macan is out. We're going to go 718. 911 mm-hmm. Cayman, mm-hmm. we're going to do something like that. If you're coming to us looking for an SUV built by Porsche, we're going to go Cayenne because the Macan's not enough of an SUV. So here's the Macan, which candidly is brilliant, great to drive, Yeah, kind of left in a no man's land. I'd say that's why at least I don't mention it as much. Matt Gara 82 asks, if you're riding in an EV, are you allowed to say hit the gas or do you have to say hit the throttle? I think forever for the rest of time, we should just hit the gas. Come on. We're it's, always going to say that. We're going to all be trained to call it the accelerator. It's going to be the accelerator. Push the magic button from the future that makes the thing. No, hit the gas. Let's go. Let's make <laughs> this thing let's move. Go. What can she do? Thanks for all your questions. Hashtag drown the touse. Drown Next. the touse. That's, that, that should be a thing. We should put it on a shirt. It's just, it's just the hashtag. Exactly. It just has the hashtag. It says drown the touse, and on the back has our logo. That's a shirt we need to get built. Right. Nate, I need you, buddy. All right. Glub, glub. Looking forward to next time, as usual. Cheers, everyone.